Well, here we are at the start of 2021. I thought you'd like to know that the UN has designated this year to be the International Year of Peace and Trust. It's also the International Year for the Elimination of Child Labour, the International Year of Creative Economy for Sustainable Development, and my favourite one of all, it's also the International Year of Fruit and Vegetables. And I've got no idea what's going to happen in the International Year of Fruit and Vegetables, but I am excited to find out I love a bit of fruit and veg. Some other interesting things that are coming up this year that I thought you might like to know about. Uh, In politics, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden will probably, maybe, I don't know, be elected as the Vice President and President of the United States of America. We'll see how that goes and what Donald gets up to, won't we? Uh, In the world of sport this year, just to confuse you, we're going to have the International Football Tournament Euro 2020 and we're also going to have the 2020 Tokyo Olympics that have very unhelpfully not been renamed for 2021. As if 2020 wasn't enough already, its legacy lingers on, don't you worry. But it's also hoped that this year will be the year that the world emerges from the suffocating grip of the COVID-19 pandemic as vaccines and some sustainable long-term solutions begin to be rolled out across the globe. For many people, 2021 is a year that they long to be so much better, so much freer and so much more hopeful than what 2020 was. And I wonder for you, at the start of 2021, what are you hoping for this year? Are you longing for restrictions to lift and to be able to actually, you know, see your friends to gather in a group of seven people or more? Perhaps you're hoping for a new promotion or a new job. Maybe you're nervous about entering the jobs market in 2021 amidst the impact of COVID still upon the world economy. Maybe you're wanting breakthrough from an addiction or destructive habit that's plagued you for ages. You might be looking for love in 2021. You might be excited at the prospect of dating again, of re-downloading the Salt app and perhaps asking your mate for an introduction to a friend of theirs. Maybe your hope is of healing of a physical condition, condition or an emotional wound. Maybe you're seeking reconciliation of a broken relationship. And it could be any one of those things and so much more, I'm sure. And I don't know what you hope that 2021 will bring. I don't know what you're hoping for this year. And I can't tell you how it's all going to turn out. But today I want to give you what I think is the solution for the problems of 2021. The solution for the questions that you have, for the hopes and the longings in your soul. I want to help you today to discover your true identity, your meaning and purpose in this year ahead. And I want to ask you today, what if 2021 was the year that you really discovered Jesus Christ? What if 2021 was the year that you really knew Jesus Christ? What if over the next 12 months you resolve to encounter Jesus afresh in the scriptures? If you resolve to learn his kind and gentle voice that leads you on like a shepherd? What if your New Year's, your mid-years and your late year's resolution was to know Jesus? To be completely indisputably, obsessively, unequivocally and wholeheartedly in love with Jesus, to be for him, to have your eyes fixed on him in every single thing that you're doing, to be shaped by him and led by him and guided by him in every single step that you take in this year ahead. And I want to gently posit to you and humbly suggest that all of your cravings and your dreamings, all of your longings and your illusions, all of your hopes and your fears are met in the person of Jesus Christ. In that God made man, God on earth, God here with us, as we heard so much about at Christmas, just gone. Jesus is the anointed one. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Messiah, the answer to your prayers and the solution to your problems. But just who is this Jesus? Who is he really? And what good is he for us in 2021? 
Today we've got Hebrews 1, the passage that we just heard so brilliantly from Lydia, to help us with this question of who really is Jesus? I want to go through this passage together now, and it's helpful if you've got a Bible to hand to flick along with us. Hebrews is near the end, resting gently between Philemon and James, two great names there. And if you haven't got a Bible, don't worry, the words will be up on the screen and you can follow along. So first of all, we read here in this passage of how God speaks to us by his son. He spoke through the prophets and the patriarchs and many others long ago throughout the Old Testament. And you know what? When God speaks through his son, this isn't just some messenger boy running an errand for his dad up in heaven, passing on some words. This was God coming to earth in the form of Jesus to uniquely reveal himself to us through the personality and character of Jesus. Jesus isn't a messenger boy. He is the message. In the Old Testament, like I said, God spoke through the prophets and patriarchs, and he also revealed himself through prophetic voices and songs, through kings and talking donkeys. Yep talking donkeys, it's true, through burning bushes and pillars of fires, through plagues and through floods. But now this final revelation in the person of Jesus, in his character and in his actions, God reveals himself to us. And this passage in Hebrews speaks so much of who Jesus is and all that he's done for us. In verses two and three, we read this sevenfold description of Jesus. Firstly, we read that Jesus is the heir of all things. Later in this passage, we see that described as being the firstborn. And the ancient rabbis of the Jewish faith uh, used to describe Jesus as being the firstborn of the world. And firstborn doesn't literally mean the first one that's popped out, the first kid that's born. This is a designated title. It's as much a concept as it is anything else. The firstborn is one that's first in line, the one that receives the position of highest favour and honour. And we see it throughout the Bible. There are people that end up being called the firstborn, like David and Jacob, when they weren't actually born physically first, but they're given this position of favour and honour. And that's exactly the same with Jesus. He is given the highest position of honour. He is the firstborn over all creation, as we read about here in Hebrews and in Colossians as well. Next, Jesus is through whom the world was created. He's been there at the beginning of all things. He has helped shape and form all things. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He's God's beam, if you like. Just like we've never actually seen the sun in the sky, but we see its rays of light, don't we? That's kind of like how we've never seen the father, but we see him through the rays of the sun. Sun, S-O-N, rather than sun, S-U-N. Just got to point that one out for you there. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. He's God on a stamp. He is certified, recognisable and here for all to see. And Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. He actively sustains and provides for the stars in the night sky, the fish in the sea, the animals in the land and the humans of the world. Next, we read that Jesus makes purification for our sins. He accounts for every wrongdoing, misadventure, mistake and shameful act. And then finally, he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is above all the angels. He is above every earthly power, every fear, every worry, every one and everything. And we read on throughout Hebrews 1 of how much greater Jesus is than all of the angels. And you know what? This might seem a bit random just to mug off some angels to make Jesus look good. But let's just break this down a bit together uh, quickly, because I think this is really important for us in understanding how we know who Jesus is and what he's done for us today. So you see the role of the angels in the Bible and still today is right there at the end of the chapter in verse 14. We're skipping right to the end to give you a spoiler. They are ministering spirits. Angels are serving those who are to inherit salvation. That's you and me if we're people that have 
kind of would profess that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour, if we believe that Jesus died and, and, and rose again and conquered sin and shame and death for us, then we would be able to call ourselves Christians. We'd be people that have inherited salvation. So angels exist to serve us and to minister to God as well. Angels help provide guidance and protection and they worship God in heaven. They are splendid and amazing, but because of Jesus. Remember that he is the one that we heard about. He is the creator of all things. He's the one who upholds the universe through his words. He's the one for whom all things were created and formed. And that includes angels. So angels aren't there to be worshipped or to be given attention beyond what is needed, this passage is saying. And this was particularly important uh, for the audience of this book of Hebrews. In the first century, there were many Jews, many recent converts to Christianity who'd struggled to believe who angels were. They thought they should worship angels. Some of them even thought that Jesus himself was an angel. But this passage here, the author of Hebrews, is clearly saying that Jesus is high above any angel, that he is the son of God. He is glorious and majestic beyond compare. And for us today, I doubt that we're people that are worshipping angels. I don't think that we're lying awake at night and thinking, what if Jesus was actually an angel? What if we've got it all wrong and he's actually some buff blonde guy with big white wings? Maybe you have thought that. Probably not. Up to you. And you're probably not praying to angels. You're probably not thinking to yourself who these angels are and how they relate to Jesus. But, 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 but understanding in the context of all that we've heard about Jesus in this passage, all that we heard about in him being the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's nature, the purifier of our sins. All of this helps reveal just how much better Jesus is than all the angels. And that helps us understand for us how Jesus is better than all other competitors that we have today. And I think you could reinterpret Hebrews 1, if you like, according to the things that perhaps that you're giving the worship of your wanderings to, but perhaps the things that you're putting on the altar of your attention and the temple of your time. Imagine it like this for a second, if you will. For to which of the promotions or new romances or vaccines or Instagram-like deluges did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again to the holidays, the streaming program, the, the money, the whatever it is that you're hoping for in 2021. Which of those did God ever say, you're my son? He hasn't, has he? Jesus is high above all the things in our life. And none of those things are bad. Don't get me wrong for a second. I'm not saying we should just forget about every single thing else in the world, not enjoy anything else at all. Because God created all things. God is in all things and sustains all things through the person of Jesus. Wanting or caring about those things isn't bad. This isn't about me wagging my finger at you and doing some behaviour modification to get you to try harder and do better. No, 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 no. This is about being so completely, indisputably, obsessively, unequivocally, wholeheartedly for Jesus. That those things are put in their right place in your life. That your motivation will become fixed on the glorious and majestic firstborn, the creator of all things, the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's nature, the one who holds up the universe and riches of all our guilt and all our shame and all our sin, all our inadequacies, the one who is seated above it all. And you know what, in 2021, in the international year of fruit and vegetables, of sporting confusion and vaccination en masse, that is such an important truth for us to cling on to, isn't it? Whoever you are, Whatever your life is like, this is the secret to how to get ahead in 2021. This is how to reorder your priorities in life. Centre yourself on the praise and worship of Jesus Christ. Jesus empowers and equips us for all of the things that will come this year, for the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the joys and the sorrows. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first this Jesus. Chase after this saviour that is superior to all other things. 
Late last year, November time, I think it was, uh, a scandal emerged about a Christian leader. There's been so many of these in recent years, hasn't there? And this was about a guy called Carl Lentz, who is a, an American pastor, led a massive church in New York. He was famous for being the mentor to Justin Bieber, uh, for rubbing shoulders with NBA superstars and Hollywood actors every Sunday. He had hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. He had a style of preaching and communicating that people the world over loved. And he had big biceps, ripped jeans and edgy tattoos, sometimes looking like more a rock star than a pastor. And I really liked Carl Lentz. Probably about five years ago, he was one of the voices that I'd listened to the most. I listened to his preachers. I follow him on Instagram. And that was a helpful voice for my life. And I've really been hit hard by his fall from grace. It's really kind of shocked me about what's happened to him. He had this scandal emerge of the, the reports of numerous affairs, numerous wrongdoings in his leadership. And it just revealed to me the brokenness of his humanity and his imperfections. And that's such a tragic story that's happened in Carl Lentz's life. And you know, like I said, it is so common, isn't it, with Christian leaders? And I came across this article in the Spectator magazine by an American journalist who'd grown up in a charismatic Christian church, probably a bit like G2, probably a little bit like that church that Carl Lentz led in America. And this journalist had this to say about this idea of these Christian leaders like Carl Lentz, who try so hard to fit in, who were trying to build this great reputation and do all this brilliant stuff and, and look so good, but ultimately weren't showing Jesus. Listen to this. I'm not religious, so it's not my place to dictate to Christians what they should and should not believe. Still, if someone has a faith that's worth following, I feel that their beliefs should make me feel uncomfortable for not doing so. If they share 90% of my lifestyle and values, then there is nothing especially inspiring about them. Instead of making me want to become more like them, it looks very much as if they want to become more like me. And that sadly appears to have been the true of Lentz and his celebrity acquaintances. See, a comfortable world doesn't need a comfortable church. An insecure world, unsure of its own identity, doesn't need an insecure church, unsure of her own identity. An image-focused world does not need an image-focused church. A fearful and hurting world doesn't need a church that is fearful and hurting, not knowing where to put its trust. A comfortable world needs to know the creator of all things, Jesus Christ. An insecure world, unsure of its own identity, needs to know the one who upholds the whole universe, Jesus Christ. An image-focused world needs to see the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of God's nature, Jesus Christ. A fearful and hurting world needs to know the one who wipes away their tears and their suffering, who washes away their sins and who is seated in majesty and strength at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. And in 2021, will you encounter that Jesus Christ? Will you resolve to know him in greater detail and intimacy than you've ever known him before? And will you show people that Jesus Christ? Will you approach to everything that this year will have to throw at you to fix yourself on Jesus? So this year, I want to challenge you and encourage you to make that Jesus Christ that we've heard about today, the filter and focus for your every decision, your every question, your every hurting and your every problem. And I'm not saying there'll be magic to wear. I'm not saying 2021 is going to be an easy year. Just just add Jesus and tickets all done. No, no. But I want to say that in the midst of it all, you can know the incredible and majestic Jesus Christ, the one who is high above it all, but so close and with us. 
And as we come to a close now, I want to encourage you to bring to mind those things that you're hoping for for the year ahead. Maybe when I said earlier there was something on that list that stuck out to you or maybe as we've been speaking together today that you've thought of some stuff that you want to bring out in prayer. And I just want you to write those things down. Maybe you've got a pen and paper with you or perhaps jot it down in a phone note. Uh, no scrolling, please. And as you hold that thing out and as you bring it to your attention now, I want to encourage you that you can live life differently this year through the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ, our living hope. Let's take a moment now to pray into those things, to offer them to Jesus, knowing full well who he is, knowing full well what he's done for us and knowing full well what he can do in 2021 and beyond. So would you pray with me now as we bring those things to Jesus and the words will appear on the screen for you to join in with. Jesus Christ, I thank you that you are the heir of all things and that it is through you whom the world was created. Thank you that it's through your word that the universe is upheld. I give you my hopes and my fears for 2021 now. Jesus, I declare that you are the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's nature. And Jesus, help me to see every decision I make this year through your light. Jesus, thank you that you free me from every sin, every wrongdoing, every mistake, and that you are high above it all as my Lord and my Saviour, and yet oh so close to me as my friend and my brother. Jesus, would you guide me and protect me in 2021 and beyond, I pray. Jesus, I ask that you would reveal yourself to me in a greater way, in a more intimate way, in a more detailed way than I've ever known in this year and beyond. And Jesus, would you be with me throughout the rest of this year, I pray. And I pray all of this in your glorious and majestic name. Amen.